I love you. Amen. 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 God bless you. You may be seated. Amen. In your Bible makes reference to a man by the name of Samson. And the scripture said that Samson did uh, describes a lot of good things that he did for the Lord, how God had used him mightily, and he had taken a, a vow from when he was born. And there were certain things in that concerning a Nazarite vow, and he was dedicated to God by that vow. And that commandment, the commitment that he made, and he had kept that. And the scripture said that there was a time that he left the city where he was at, and he went and he found a woman that the scripture said that he liked. And the scripture said that, in fact, it said he, he loved her. And he began to fall away from where he was supposed to be at. And she, the men of the city came and they wanted to capture him because he was the one that was causing all the problems here. They're trying to do their work and he keeps interrupting it by stopping it because God was using him. And so they came to her and said, you find out how he gets his strength and we are going to give you silver in return for you telling us how he is able to do these things. And so the scripture shows us how she began to come at him and question him and and he began to tell her things that they were not true but kept throwing off the sin a little bit. And finally the scripture said after three times she, she came to him and said, and you, you said that you loved me but yet you will not tell me all of your heart. You're, you don't really love me here because you're not telling me everything. And so she kept, the scripture said that she pressed him daily with her words. And it vexed his soul. He got very upset. And there's just a constant annoyance of, of tell me, tell me, tell me, tell me. And he would, finally he said, okay. And he told her all of his heart, the scripture said. And she went to the men of the city that time and said, you come this time and I know what it is. And so they came and they captured him. But it shows us how if you have your eyes on the wrong thing, what's going to happen? As soon as you get your eyes off of the truth, as soon as you get your eyes off of the message, there is a devil that's going to come. And he is going to keep pressing you and pressing you and pressing you until he is able to get you to the place of which you are going to give in and give out. And you're going to go in the direction in which he has for you to go. This is not the first time that this has happened. You look at Adam and Eve in the garden. And the scripture said that Eve had looked upon the tree and saw that it was fair to eat from. And here she is in a place, the most beautiful place that God had ever made. Everything was right there in front of her. Everything was provided for her. And the only thing that she could get her mind on was the one thing that she did not need. And that's all the devil's interested in. If he can get your mind off a of Holy Ghost, if he can get your mind off a of Jesus name baptism, if he can get your mind off of reading your Bible, if he can get your mind off of being a soul winner, if he can get your mind off of worship, if he can get your mind off of praise, if he can get your mind on anything else that you don't need, you're going to lose it all. You'll lose it all. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. And all the while, you're in a place full of his anointing. All the while, you're in a place where he can do all things, the scripture says. And all the while, the devil wants to bring the one thing out to your attention that you feel that you are missing. Amen. I was getting gas on the way home from Lake Placid today, and there's a lady that I've been witnessing to since, I don't know, five years now. 
And uh, she came to me today, and I was paying. She's a gas attendant lady, and, and she said, uh, uh, she said, I need you to pray for me. I said, okay, I'm going to pray for you. And I've witnessed to her, told her the truth uh, hundreds of times, literally. And uh, she said, uh, I said, okay, well, so why don't you come to church next Sunday? Oh, no, 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 no. Well, you know, I've been going to church, you know, over there on 621. I said, yeah, the, the Spanish Catholic Church? Oh, yeah, yeah. I said, oh, okay, great, wonderful. I said, uh, well, why don't you come out to church next Sunday? I said, well, we'll pray for you right there in service. I said, I said God, God can do all things. I said, oh, no, I'll be all right. You know, I, I just want you to pray for me. She said, because, you know, I got some things going on. I just need you to pray for me. I said, okay, well, I'll continue to pray for you. So we've been praying for you all the while. So since I witnessed your church, come to church. And, and she said, you know, we're, we're, all, we're all the same, you know, you know, the church and everything. I said, no, 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 we're not all the same. I said, if we were all the same, I said, you wouldn't be asking me to pray for you. I said, that's not the way that would work. You'd be asking your pastor to pray for you. I said, but you're asking me to pray for you. That shows me that you're not satisfied where you're at. That shows me that you're missing something. That means that you don't have everything that you need. And she got really quiet. And I said, just come on out and see what God can do. Well, you know, you know, we're, 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 we're all the same. Again, I said, no, 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 we're not all the same. I said, you come to church. I said, I will show you how we're not all the same by showing you the Scripture. The devil just wants to blind your eyes to see what's right in front of you. And he wants to blind your eyes to the blessing that's right in front of your eyes at all times. And wants you looking in every other direction. Amen. But the writer said, there's just one thing that I've desired. And that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. Because right here in this house, when my mind's here in service, when my mind's on worship, when my mind's on praise, and my mind's on the truth of what he's doing, then there is no problem. There is nothing else. There's nothing that God cannot do. And so I keep my mind on one thing, and that is what God's doing right here. I keep my mind on worship. I keep my mind on his word. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Paul said it another way. He said, I've done this one thing. He said, I and I, I, I forgive me. He said, I'm putting things aside here. I said, I'm dropping things off here because you may think it's strange or odd, but I understand how to keep myself in line. I understand how to keep myself out of sin. I understand now how to keep my mind in a Holy Ghost mind. And that is keeping my eyes on the right thing. He said, I'm pressing toward the mark of the high prize in Christ Jesus. That means I'm getting my mind off of everything else and I've got it on portion. I've got on praising. I've got on breaking through and breaking out of all the temptation the devil keeps bringing and pushing in my face. As long as you keep looking, it's going to keep troubling you. As long as you keep entertaining, it's going to keep pressing on you. And the more that it presses on you, that means your mind and your eyes are not on the right thing because you're entertaining here what does not need to be there. Amen. Scripture even says you need to set no evil thing before your eyes. Because what you look at, that's what you're going to do. What you entertain, the Scripture says out of the bones of the heart, the mouth is going to speak. And when you entertain every filthy garbage thing in this world, then that's what is going to be in your heart. That's what's going to be on your mind. But when you break through all those things and realize the root of all those things, and you realize what God has placed and planted you in, and realize that He has provided every single thing that you need, then you're going to be focused and fixed upon His Word. And you're not going to need anything else. And James, he says, you're going to be wanting nothing. You want nothing. 
because you're going to be full of the Holy Ghost. You're not going to have any other desires because you're going to drown them out by the Holy Ghost. You're going to stomp them under your feet when you get the victory and you realize, devil, I don't need this battle any longer. I don't need this temptation any longer because I know eventually it's going to get me out of my position of worship. Amen. I'm keeping my spot. I'm keeping the, the calling that God's placed on my life. I'm standing right here where God wants me to be at with my hands lifted up, with praise on my lips, giving Him thanks because I don't want there to be an opportunity to notice something else. I don't want another opportunity because, see, you may be seated. It's a slow process sometimes. He would, he would leave Delilah. He would go back. He'd come back. He'd go back come back and all the while he's thinking oh, I'm okay because I got away from it I got away it was close but I got away from it uh, you know and I think there'd be times between there he, he began to think and begin to realize oh, I, I shouldn't do this I shouldn't, I shouldn't allow this to happen but yet he kept going back he kept going back because he fell in love with it and you'll fall in love with sin and the scripture says you cannot serve two masters so that means that you, you, you might as well go ahead and just tell yourself you're not doing what's right when you've got that in your heart in your mind that means that you're forsaking all that's right and true and you're just simply doing what you want to do. Amen. And all the while, you keep acting like everything's okay, everything's all right because you keep showing back up and, you, and, and oh, I, I got away, I got away, I got away. But then every time it gets more and more and more and more and closer and closer and closer of giving up your, your message, giving up your commitment, giving up the training, giving up everything that God's invested in your life here, Right? More and more just playing around with what is right because it's more convenient, it's more fun, it's easier because you're just making yourself happy or what you think is making yourself happy because it says it's just for a season, the pleasure is just for a season and then that season is going to run out and then look at our, look at Samson, right? He lost out, but yes, I think after he did that, then he realized he prayed, God, one more time, <laughs> use me here. After his eyes are gone, and now he, he has nothing to look at any longer because he's got his eyes plucked out. So now he's no longer looking upon things to fall into. And so now he's, he's thinking about the situation. He's like, Lord, just one more time. Just use me. Use me. So he luckily found a place of repentance and found a good breaking ground there, and God used him one more time. I don't want to have my eyes plucked out before I realize that I'm looking at the wrong thing. I don't want to have something horrible happen before I realize I am not in the right position. I don't want to lose out before I wake up and realize, because the scripture says right now, high time to wake out of sleep, for now is our salvation nearer than when we first believed. That means this day it's closer. This hour is closer. I don't want my eyes on anything else. Amen and amen. He's placed the truth in my heart, and I want to thank Him for it. He's placed a, a salvation in my life. He's brought me out of so many things. He's given me victory. I don't want to look back on those things. The one writer said, I'm ashamed of that lifestyle. I'm ashamed of those things any longer. When God sets you free, you better praise Him for setting you free. And you better not ever entertain it again. When God gives you delivery after you've been praying for delivery, you better never look back and say, I missed that. You don't miss that. Hallelujah. 
I thank God for victory. I thank God for every prayer that's been answered. I thank God for hearing every prayer that has been prayed. And I know He works it out. I know it's by His hand. I know it's only by His anointing. Because the Scripture said He's got all power. So that means He has done it all. Hallelujah. Let's worship Him. Let's thank Him. Let's thank Him for every single thing that He has brought to pass. Let's thank Him for deliverance. Let's thank Him for victory right now. Hallelujah, Lord, you're worthy. You are the awesome, mighty one. You're in the beast, they better run now. They are no match, no comparison. Got on the cross to overcome you. Took the sting out of death that day. Conquering both hell and the grave. And if you did all these things, what can you do in this place? Hey! Oh, oh, oh.
ushers uh, begin to prepare. Everybody say, God bless the offering. God bless the offering. In Jesus' name. In
My heart's aching, filled with misery Till you came along and you set me free You took my life and you made it brand new I want the world to know that it was because of you I won't forget I won't forget How you saved me How you saved me I won't I won't forget How you delivered me How you delivered me I won't I won't forget How you healed me How you healed me I won't I won't forget I won't forget or oh, no What you done for me What you done for me What you done for me I won't forget My heart was aching You came along and you set me free. You took my life and you made it brand new. I want the world to know that it was because of you. I won't forget. I won't forget. I save me. I won't. I won't forget. I delivered me. I won't. I won't forget. I healed me. I won't. I won't forget. I won't forget or know what you done for me. What you done for me? What you done for me? I won't forget. My heart was aching in the world of sin. I had no joy, but I had no peace within. Until you came alone and turned my life around. I want the world to know that thing that I'm having about. I won't forget. I won't forget. How you save me? I won't. I won't forget. How you deliver me? I won't, I won't forget How you heal me, you heal me. I, won't. I won't forget I won't forget or know What you done for me What you done for me What you done for me I won't forget I won't forget In the world of sin I had no joy But I had no peace within Until you came alone And turned my life around I want the world to know that they got them half about. I won't forget. I won't forget. How you save me? me? I won't. I won't forget. I deliver me? I, me. I won't. I won't forget. I heal me? I, heal me. I won't. I won't forget. I won't forget or know what you done for me. What you done for me?
Come on and worship him. I love you, Jesus, and I praise your holy name. I bless your name that's above every name, Jesus. I thank you for the beautiful gift of the Holy Ghost, Lord. I thank you, Jesus. I thank you for this truth. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Lord God Almighty. Everybody said praise the Lord. Everybody said hallelujah. Well, we're glad to be in God's house tonight. If you have a Bible, for a few moments, Matthew chapter 16. Beautiful services today. Good spirit of the Lord. Glad to be right here right now. Matthew chapter 16. Begin with verse 23. Well, let's do 22 so you'll get what's going on. Then Peter took him and began to rebuke him, saying, Be it far from thee, Lord, this shall not be unto thee. But he, meaning Jesus, turned and said unto Peter, Get thee behind me, Satan, for thou art an offense unto me. For thou savorest not the things that be of God, but those that be of men. Once again, then Peter took him and began to rebuke him, saying, Be it far from thee, Lord, this shall not be unto thee. But he, Jesus, turned and said unto Peter, Get thee behind me, Satan. Thou art an offense unto me, for thou savorest not the things that be of God, but those, parentheses, things that be of men. I'd like to minister for a little while tonight on savoring the things of God. You may be seated. The Lord bless you. <clears throat> when you think of the word savor, then you think of the taste of something, really what you think of. And it's a specific taste. It's not something generic. Kind of reminds you in the book of Corinthians in the teaching that it said if it wasn't giving off a distinctive sound, then how would anybody know to prepare for battle? If that was what was needed to be done, there needed to be a distinctive sound, a, a something very significant. And so I'm saying to you that the, the uh, things of God, savoring the things of God. They're, they are things that have a very specific and uh, exact taste to them and feel to them and experience to them. And they, they uh, have this good effect upon you or anybody else. Psalm 34 and 8 said, Oh, taste and see that the Lord, He is good. There's something very specific, as Pastor Hopper said uh, to the woman, there's, there's a difference. We're not the same. Oh, definitely we're not the same. We, we are uh, tremendously unique. This is not something you're going to, if you really get this, you, if you really know him, then you're not going to confuse this with something else. 
you're not going to get taken in by some spirit and some ploy of the enemy. Oh, no, because you're going to save her. Jesus didn't hesitate one split second when Peter began to speak to him in such a manner. And Peter, thinking he was doing good, thinking he was protective and this and that, let me tell you, there's a lot of people that are think that they're doing good in the way they're doing it. And Jesus is looking at them and saying, get behind me, Satan. That's a spirit that is not of God. That does not reflect the Holy Ghost, not reflect the church. And you need to wake up to that. You need to recognize God when he's in the house. You need to know the truth. You need to know the message. You need to savor it. You need to pull it to you and say, this is God. This is right. And I'm not going to turn against this. And I'm not going to let it be any kind of hindrance here whatsoever. Amen. Everybody said, praise the Lord. Taste and see. We're not afraid here. There's no scriptures that we run from. There's no chapter and verse that we're going to turn our nose up at or hide from. Not at all. That which is of the Lord, we want it. That which is of God, bring it to us. But you're going to have to go through the test. As Job said, 34 and 3, he said, As the ear trieth words, he said, Just as the mouth trieth meat, or testeth meat, tasteth meat. You're going to, you're looking for a certain thing. We often call it the Jerusalem sound. We want to hear that, that Jerusalem ring in a testimony. We want to hear that which is of God. We want it to bring forth the right thing. I don't look. My wife gave me something to eat the other day, and I almost spit it out. I said, Honey, that ain't me. I don't like that. That's no good. Well, you know, we can differ over certain kinds of food, but we ought to differ over chapter and verse. We got to stay with the book. We got to stay with the spirit of the book. You got to stay with chapter and verse. You got to be apostolic Pentecostal through and through. Got to be in the church. Amen. grant you in the natural world there are preferences and what's good to one may not be good to another and uh, what may taste good to you may not taste good to me at all see I don't do mushrooms I don't care what you call it I'm not into fungus so I don't want any mushrooms by whatever size whatever shape whatever color I don't want them I just don't like them. I don't want nothing to do with them. I don't like the taste of them. I don't like the feel of them. I don't like the look of them. I don't like the texture of them. They look like slugs to me. Let me tell you something. I want to tell you that's okay on natural things to like red or like blue or like green or like white. Whatever. You can have your preferences for it or shabby. doesn't matter at all because it has no spiritual significance whatsoever. But when you get in that book, when it comes to God, when it comes to heaven, when it comes to heaven, you better know where you stand and you better love what God loves. You better love what God loves. Amen. You better know what is of God and what is not. Amen. Might want to sharpen up your discernment. Might want to pray that God would help you to be able to draw and access that gift that is in the body of Christ. That discerning of spirits. You know, I had somebody say one time, I think the person's first time they'd ever seen me, and I went to a church, was asked to preach, and uh, the person test, uh, confessed to me later on, said, boy, when you walked up there, I was like, oh, what have we got here? But you know, when the Holy Ghost fell, 
and you're preaching the word of God, well, it was a whole change of attitude. See, that old spirit just came in there and wanted to make an ugly attitude and wanted to make all kinds of false assumptions. And yet, when the Holy Ghost starts moving, friend, and that word starts coming forth, and the Spirit of the Lord, if you savor the things of God, then you're going to identify. You're going to mesh automatically. You're going to realize that we are fitly framed together and that we are assembled together in the body of Christ and we are His bone and His flesh. We are of Him. We're not of some odd foreign spirit here. Amen. Everybody said hallelujah. A distinctive quality. A distinctive quality. Again, this is not generic. We, you know, some people... Everything that they preach is always to, to parallel it to what they call in, in the political realms politically correct, and which really means that you say a whole lot of nothing because you don't want to dare step on anybody's toes or offend anybody. So you make it just as bland and just as vanilla as you can make it. Have you ever had food that's bland and vanilla? It just doesn't have any taste. You might as well be eating paper. You know? Well, that's what they they uh, specialize in being able to be so politically correct. Well, there are people that want to be so-called spiritually correct. And the only way you're going to be spiritually correct is to give thus saith the Lord. What the world wants to call, and I'll call it denominationally correct, is that you're going to say what doesn't offend anybody. That means you're not going to say anything at all. And general sermons bring you general results. Let me tell you, you're going to get rid of the devil. you got to get right on his turf, and you got to call him just what he is, and let the Holy Ghost cast him out. Amen. Think about the, the Holy Ghost. The, uh, the Holy Ghost will most definitely rock your world. The Holy Ghost isn't going to worry about your natural feelings. Not going to worry about, you know, this little one going wee, wee, wee all the way home. You know, he's going to preach. He's going to minister. He's going, and it's always done in love no matter, you know, if, if you, if you, uh, have a, a savoring for something then that means that you're going to enjoy it with zest it's not going to be oh alright pretty good it's alright uh -uh. then you didn't get what you really savor you get what you really savor friend I got some people around here they go nuts over a snicker bar or over um what are those things called, those little Skittles? Oh, friend, they practically do backflips for Skittles. Let me tell you, they, they eat that. They're just one after another. Handfuls is going in that mouth, and they're just chugging it right on down. They're enjoying that with zest. You don't want to ask for one. You don't want to ask for a piece or a bite. You don't want that because they're turning their back on you, and they're heading the other way until they can just stuff it all in and get it down. Woo! That was good. You want to enjoy the truth with zest. You want to enjoy the Holy Ghost that's why we jump that's why we shout that's why we rejoice why we lift our hands and wave them to God because there's zest with this amen you know anybody at the, outdoing you at some ballpark over some team that's filled probably with a bunch of perverts and, and coke addicts you want to rejoice over the Holy One of Israel 
You want to rejoice over him who has got everything you have need of. You want to savor the presence of God. Not about, uh, uh, I saw somebody yawn so long this morning, I think they had an Olympic record right here in church. Let me tell you something. You, you don't, uh, this isn't about, oh, oh, I gotta go to church again. Oh, oh, oh. You have to. Oh, no. No, no, no. See, this aroma of the Holy Ghost. Man, it's church time. It starts filling your home. It starts filling your nostrils. It starts filling your heart. And all of a sudden, your feet are picking up a little lighter. Woo! Where are you going? Go to church. I savor what I smell. It's a distinctive thing. And I enjoy this with zest. I relish the presence of God. I'm so glad to be in his house. I'm so happy to lift my heart with my hands. I'm so glad to spin like a top and run around the aisles. I'm so glad to praise and praise somebody through to the Holy Ghost. See somebody get baptized in Jesus' name. Have somebody experience a healing. Amen. Woo. Oh, you see all that boring stuff. That belongs to them other folks that think they're like us and they're not. That belongs to them. They're the ones that are dry. They're the ones that are dead. They're the ones that are boring. And then there's those that have lost confidence. Maybe see. They lost confidence. And I'm sad to tell you that there are people that know and have been raised in and around the truth. And they've lost their confidence. They've cast away their confidence, which have great payment of reward. They've cast it away. And they want to bring in strobe lights and, and all kinds of rock star lights. And they want lighting going on all over the place. And they got some people doing some kind of so-called praise dance, which I tell you there's no such thing uh, at all in the church, the body of Christ. But they got people trying to do it. All they're missing is the pole for the way they're acting. And the things they're doing. And I'm telling you, that spirit, like Jesus said, is not of God. He said, you get that behind me. Look, there's a lot of things Jesus Christ put behind you. You better keep it behind you. Got it under your feet? You better keep it under your feet. And you savor the presence of God. You savor purity and godliness and cleanliness. You savor the holiness of Almighty God. Amen. We ain't raising up any rakes around here or any hoes neither of any nature. Any garden you want to put them in, any shed you want to put them in. That's no part of us. That's not a part of the body of Christ. You hear me? That has nothing to do with this great experience. That's got a bad, stinking smell. That's got a repulsive smell. Holy Ghost people, spiritual people, they want none of that. We avert our eyes. We turn our back to that. We shut that down in our senses. We don't want that. We want the things that are of God. We love the things that God loves. And God loves holiness. God loves cleanliness. He loves godliness. He loves purity. Amen. Amen. What well, we got, people say, well, you, you can't, you're not going to win nobody with that. You're, you're not relevant. Don't you tell me my God's not relevant. And you say, no, no, God's relevant. It's just you're not relevant. No, no, no. See, the things we do are the things we got from him. 
We got them right. One tried to tell me that, that we were doing everything wrong. One of our guys. And I, I drove around in circles. I couldn't find where we were going because I was preaching to him. I just couldn't find a way because I just had to keep ministering to him, preaching to him, and trying to get through to his brain, his heart, trying to tell me that, oh, we, we shouldn't even have a pulpit. Not to mention that the word is in the Bible, and that's what they did, you know, and we shouldn't be in a platform lifted up over the congregation. Not that it's not in the Bible, right? Oh, it's in the Bible, so, you know, why wouldn't we do it then? things that are in there that teach us and, and they go to studying books that some guy without the Holy Ghost wrote and his comments and his slants and his slanderous and blasphemous ways and you take it to heart and you think that's what we ought to be doing. What we ought to be doing is right here in the book and we cannot do enough of it. We need to do more of it. I don't need less of Jesus. I need more of Jesus. He is the way. I'm doing it the way he did it. You got guys going around saying that uh, we're doing it all wrong and we're not relevant and, and uh, that we our worship drives people away and the outpouring of the Spirit drives people away and, and our standards drive people away. Let me tell you something. The only thing that's going to get driven away is that nasty old devil. He's the one that's going to run from the power of God. God's got people just like you. You're here because of that. You savor the things of God. I notice all these guys that have this to say so much are guys that never started a church. They just took a church. That's all they did. They just inherited it or they took it. And, 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 then, and they figured they got some bright idea somewhere. And they've got to be some big star somewhere. You want to be a star, you be a star for the rock. That means you magnify the rock. You don't magnify yourself. You want the light to shine on him. You want Jesus to be glorified. You want him to be magnified. You don't need a, a, a $500 shirt and a $6,000 hand-tailored suit and alligator shoes. You need the Holy Ghost. You need to win souls. You need to reach the world. In your area. Amen. Said so one guy said he didn't he didn't uh, he didn't believe in doing things God's way. And I and but yet he wanted everybody to support his position that he was given. And I said, what they ought to do is put a parachute on that guy, take him up about 16,000 feet in the air, and kick him out the door and pull the ripcord at the same time over some city where there's nothing and say, now you go down there and show me you're going to do it God's way or you're going to do it your way. You do it your way, you're going to fail. You do it God's way, we're going to have a work planted in that city, and you're going to have the experience of what it means to gut it out and to pray it out and to preach it out and to witness it out until God gives the breakthrough and the victory. Amen. Amen. It's easy to criticize. Easy to call everything wrong. But it's, uh, it is hard, challenging for people to hang in there with their nose to the grindstone, with you standing on the rock, and you're right in the middle, if you please, especially for us in the middle of the Everglades, on the back of an alligator, and you say, Jesus, I believe in you, and I'm going to trust you, and I don't need anything else that anybody's talking about. I need Acts 2.38. I need John 3.5. I need you to work with me as I work, and help me, God, to win these souls. Help me, God, follow me with signs and wonders and miracles following. And I don't need them ever, service. I don't need a repetition. I don't need to prove anything. Jesus wouldn't cast himself down. He said it's answered him with chapter and verse. He didn't have to prove on the son of God I don't have to prove anything to you devil I'm going to prove it by proving out the word of God and winning souls and seeing the church go on 
Amen. Yes, he said, they, they have much to say. They have much to, uh, you're going to drive everything away and you're not relevant to today. You got to do it different. You got to do it like the rock stars do it. You got to dress like them. You got to look like them. You got to plan the lights uh, service all around them and all this other garbage. Let me tell you something. There ain't no uh, lights that are going to cast out the devil except the light that comes from heaven. That's the only light. They had guys in this town that used to come and they called themselves a power team. They went to some denominational church half-dressed, naked, lifting weights and called themselves the power team for Jesus. I told one of our young men, ain't one of them lifting their weights that have ever casted out a devil or healed somebody that's sick or got somebody full of the Holy Ghost. It is not God's way. You better know how God does it and love how God does it. You got to savor the things of God. Love the things of God. Amen. Best taste you've ever had. Taste and see that the Lord he is good. What did it say about Jonathan of the Old Testament? Saul's son and Saul all backslidden leading everybody in the wrong direction and people dying left and right and he he didn't hear him. Jonathan didn't hear him. Thank God he didn't hear that kind of talking. And when, when his dad said, nobody's to do this, nobody's to do that, don't drink, don't eat, don't touch nothing, or you're going to die. And old Jonathan's just going around, happy he's in another world. I got the Holy Ghost. God's on my side. Takes his staff, sticks it up, gets some honey on it, and eats it. And the Bible said his eyes were opened. You want an eye-opening experience? You want to see it like God sees it? You want to love what God loves? Then you get this Holy Ghost working in your heart and in your life, and you're going to start seeing things right. You're going to see things by the book, by the chapter and the verse. You're not going to fight against chapter and verse. You're not going to explain away chapter. You're not going to carve it out and throw some of it away. You're not going to have your flesh that's in control. The flesh hates shouting. The flesh hates anointed preaching. The flesh hates the things of God. Hates it. Hates it. And the devil uses flesh. Let me tell you. Somebody says you're going to drive away uh, people. No. See, because to savor means it's appetizing. It's at, When I first came to the church, I didn't know nothing. I knew nothing. You could have told me to turn to second Hezekiah, and I'd have said, huh? I wouldn't have known where it was, and then I would have hunted for it. And I still wouldn't have found it because it's not in there. But I wouldn't have known that. Because I didn't know anything from Genesis to I didn't know there was a Genesis and a Revelation. Didn't know any of those things. But I knew one thing. When I went in that church house, and those people lifted their hands to pray and to worship him, and when that preacher got red in his face and preaching, somebody said, well, you really got a lot of meat on you this week because ain't one nobody spitting on you or, or getting red in the face. I want him red in the face. I want him spitting all over this place. I want somebody that's got some zest and some zeal in the Holy Ghost and brings me the word of God I don't need your political correctness I don't need your posture and your 19 letter word long words I don't need that junk I can get a dictionary anytime I want I want the Bible which averages 3 to 4 letter words from the whole book you better get in the spirit you better know it's not about your suit it's not about your looks it's not about your education. It's not about all your degrees and your plaques and your vanity wall. And I'm not against them. But you better put your faith in God and tell yourself, I savor the things that are of God. Amen. You want to talk about, about plaques and letters and degrees. Well, Paul had them all. Amen. He had everything after his name. Every letter of the alphabet, Hebrew and American. He had it all, friend. But it didn't do him any good. He didn't know who God was. And he didn't know what God wanted to do. He just thought he, the devil just blinds people's minds. 
And he just absolutely wants you to get involved with something that is so devoid of God. Let me tell you, it's like mushrooms to me. Don't want nothing to do with it. I want the Holy Ghost. And I don't care if it doesn't look good to you. Who cares about what something's looking like? I'm talking about you savoring it. I'm talking about the aroma of it. I'm talking about taste and see. Hey, it's a mighty good taste when you get healed of whatever your problem is. You're not going to get healed by the programs and the worldly shenanigans. Amen. And amen. Oh, yeah. Well, while you're standing with me, and thank you so much, in conclusion, Hebrews 6 and 4, it said that you've tasted of the heavenly gift. You haven't tasted something earthly here. This is, I don't want the things of the earth. See, people trying to substitute Holy Ghost worship, they just jump straight up and down like they're at a rock concert. Then they want to create a, mo a mosh pit and throw people out. You know, this is nonsense. This is, this is not of God. This nonsense that goes on, it's going to keep going on. It's going to keep getting worse. And the criticism is going to mount, and it's going to come from within. It's going to be generational divides. You've heard of a generation gap? Well, there's going to be generation gap. That's why you young people better pay attention and learn this and love this and savor this. And, friend, you may not like oatmeal. I'm with you. You may not like certain things. I'm with you. But when it comes to this church and the Holy Ghost, the Bible, you better love it. You better savor it. You better get a taste for it, an appetite for it, and a zest and a zeal for it. Amen. Amen. No, it's appetizing. It's appetizing. Oh, yes, it is. It's not going to drive people away. You know, they want you to have that appetizer. That old chef sometimes will send out something a little special free of charge because he wants you to know the rest of the meal is just going to be awesome. Well, I want to tell you something. One, I've known of people to come into the house of God, and things haven't even started. People kind of just sitting around, the lights are on, haven't hit the first note on the piano. Pianos may not even been there. Singers may not even been up yet. But I've seen people come in shouting. I've seen people come in laughing in the Holy Ghost. Seen people just get so happy and it hadn't even started yet. You know, God don't have to wait on us to get started. Let me tell you, He's already going full blast, red hot. Oh man, I want you to know He's filled the place with His aroma. He's made it where your your, your spiritual appetite is stirred up and it's growling and it's just saying, "I want God." Whoa, I want a Holy Ghost, sir. Man, I don't want to sit there on my hands. I don't want to bite my nails. I want to worship God. I want to be in God's house amen it's appetizing people want this let me tell you I wanted this I came in and I saw and I experienced before I got the Holy Ghost and I said well my wife said it sure was different I said yeah it was I said but they got something I don't have and I want it amen that was 40 years ago and I have not lost my taste for it and I don't want to lose my taste for it I want, I want it to become sharper. I want, it to be, I want to be more hungry about it, hungrier about it. You know, you want to come to church and say, I'm hungry. <laughs> and I ain't talking about Big Mac neither or any of that junk. I'm talking to you about the Holy Ghost. I'm hungry for the Holy Ghost. I want to be hungry for the Holy Ghost. I want to be a savor. I recognize it for what it is, and it's got my attention, and it's, it's so appetizing. You're not going to chase anybody. Let me tell you, this is what people want. People don't want a handshake. Girls, women, they don't want to come to church and some guy in there tap them on the shoulder and say, you're mine. What do you mean I'm yours? You know, the problem is he learned that back in high school and he carried it on to that fake, phony church he goes to. Hello. You better start thinking I've got the Holy Ghost I'm, or I'm coming for the Holy Ghost. I don't want some fake, phony junk. 
Hear me? I don't want to be of that spirit and that attitude. I don't want any part of that. I want purity. I want godliness. I want cleanliness. Hey, the Bible said godliness with contentment is great gain. You better tell yourself, I savor. I'm hungry. I'm thirsty. Blessed are they that are that way. I want I want to be filled with God's presence. This is appetizing. You get full of it, and that aroma is going to get on somebody, and they're going to follow you. Woo, where's she going? Woo, where's she going? I'm going, woo, I'm going, where's she going? That lady is smelling good. That man has got a great aroma about him. It means he's got a good spirit about him. Got a good attitude about him. Oh, there's something real and genuine in that individual, and it's appetizing. Give me a little more. Let me come on in. Give me a little more of that. Oh, yeah. That's all the appetizer's designed to do, you know, just to be an appetizer or be appetizing. Build up that appetite. Amen. The main course is yet to come. We're going to baptize you in Jesus' name and you're going to get filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost and you'll have tasted of that heavenly gift. And the writer said also that you will have tasted of the good word of God. Everybody said amen. 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 And everybody said hallelujah. And how did uh, Peter's writing say it? Didn't he say about if you've tasted that the Lord is gracious, if so be that you have tasted that the Lord is gracious. Let me tell you, my God is gracious. He's not a villain. He's not an ogre. He's not a juggernaut. He is, he is not coming to do you harm or do you bad. He's not coming to stomp you down. He is not coming to be in any way ungentlemanly-like. Not at all. You can, you can experience the, the gentleness and the meekness of Jesus Christ. And he can do all of that in the middle of a thunderous experience of giving you the baptism of the Holy Ghost. One man said when he got the Holy Ghost, he said he felt like he was 25 feet tall and could rip the whole place apart. He just felt so full of the power of God. What we want to rip apart is the enemy. We want to tear up his kingdom. We want to let him know you got nothing in me anymore. You got nothing on me anymore. I am not that way anymore. I'm not, I'm not going your way. I'm not worshiping you. I'll not give my worship to anybody but him from now on. I found that one night the guy came out of the catacombs, fell at the feet of Jesus Christ, casted legions of devils out of him and said, let me stay with you. Let me stay with you. Let, woo, let me stay right here. Well, we're going to let you stay just so long. After a while, we got to take that pacifier out and get those pampers off of you and grow you up and mature you up and give you a responsibility in the body of God. We can trust you. We can depend on you. We can rely on you because you've got this in your heart. You savor this. You savor this. Amen. Let's savor the things of God. And Jesus won't rebuke us and tell us to get behind him. He'll recognize the right spirit in us. And that's why the writer said when he felt anything going any which way, he said, uh, hello. He said, uh, create me a clean heart and uh, renew within me a right spirit. Put me back in line because, you know, I'm, I'm kind of missing the aroma. I'm not smelling. Ooh, where's that been? Every once in a while I have to tell my wife, hadn't, hadn't been smelling any lasagna lately. Where? Where is that smell? I miss it. Oh, I miss that smell. Where is that? Where's them shells? Where's those shells? They're right here, pal. <laughs> Amen. They know I, gee, I get jealously fierce over those things. I, why are you sending that to Sal? Why are you sending that to Miguel? Don't be doing that, girl. She said, I got plenty. Come on, don't be stingy. I got a right to be stingy. 
That's that aroma. That's appetizing. That fills the place. Well, let me tell you something. That's so much more in the Holy Ghost. So much more in the spiritual realm when you, you can't get enough of this Holy Ghost, this power of God, this glorious presence of the Lord, this love of God, this, this great fruit that is produced in your life, okay? That God put that there. And, and what did the Song of Solomon say? He said, I, I sat under his apple tree. And he said, and, and his fruit was sweet. Oh, the smell of it, the savor of it, the taste. Oh, woo, that was something. Let me tell you what Jesus got for you is better than anything, anywhere, I'm telling you. And you go out there and you want to start tasting of the filth and the mud and the trash and the garbage, you're going to be a very sick, sorry individual. A very confused individual. You better I don't need some TV evangelist doing all his little things. You know, I don't need that junk. He's a fake and he's a phony. You better get in the Word of God and let God teach you the truth of the Scriptures. Amen. Some of them guys got so much Botox, that's all they do is smile. It's forced up there. They can't make another move with their face. And they just want to tell you, oh, God is good, God is good, God is good. Well, we all know that. Can you say anything else? No, because I'm stuck right here. <laughs> Come on. You want truth. You want reality. You want the message. You don't want to get yourself all messed up in your heart because you're listening to a bunch of junk. You come right down here and I'm going to teach you chapter and verse and turn you into an iron man and an iron woman in the Holy Ghost. you got to love the things that God loves. You want to love what He loves. Savor what He savors. Amen. You want that sweet smell of the Holy Ghost. Let's lift our hearts with our hands and love Him. Let's savor the things of God. How did you feel when you came out of the wilderness? Came out of the wilderness. Came out of the wilderness. How did you feel when you came out of the wilderness? I'm walking with the Lord. Tell me, how did you feel when you came out of the wilderness? Came out of the wilderness.